0: Right. The big thing is find your focus. I mean, that's going to be the big thing. Find your why do you want to do that, you know, and and set goals and set priorities.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rising Father Podcast. I'm Chris Rodeck. I've got an awesome guest with me today, Darren VanSkoy. He has a long list of accomplishments, former pro bodybuilder, nutritionist. He has an awesome health practice. He's helping guys change their lives physically, mentally, in every, in every way. And I'll just let him go through his whole bio. But he's going to really help us and you today in talking about how you can improve your life physically, He's a business owner, he's a father, a grandfather, he's been through it all. So welcome, Darren.
0: Chris, appreciate it, thanks so much for having me on. Really, really appreciate it.
1: You bet, man, there's a lot I wanna dig into today. I feel like you have a, a wealth of knowledge that I wanna make sure we can tap into while I have you here. So can you give us a little bit of background just on yourself? Sure,
0: um, been into uh, health and fitness for a long time now. Um, when I came out of college at, um, WVU, went into um, powerlifting, competed with that for a while, and then uh, was baseball player at WVU while I was there. And then I went into, from baseball to powerlifting, uh, from powerlifting to uh, various other sports, got into boxing for a while, fought Golden Gloves while I was in school a little bit too. Um, and then uh, progressed on into some weightlifting there, and then got into Spartan races, CrossFit, uh, Competitively competed in CrossFit for four or five years and got on the, the uh, uh, Spartan Race circuit for for a couple of years as a pro. Had sponsors. Got tired of running my butt off, like literally <laughs> running my butt off. <laughs> I'm sure. Competing against guys that were built like runners. Your, your your listeners can't see me, but you know I'm five eight and a half and two fifteen. You know seven seven eight percent body fat, but I don't look like a runner. So, mm. you know, running was of course when I was competing in the Spartan circuit, I was 184 pounds. So it's been a vast change, both in diet training regimen for me, going from, you know, running sport, um, to, to a physique sport, major mm-hmm. difference there. And then, uh, turned, uh, so start bodybuilding in, uh, 2017 turned pro in 2019, which is really kind of, it's a blessing. I mean, I never expected it to that happen that quickly by any means. You know, I know guys I've competed against have been competing for seven, eight, nine, ten years and haven't had the opportunity to become a pro yet. So Mm -hmm. very, very fortunate in that aspect. Genetics probably play a little bit into that. And the fact that I can, I can drop weight pretty easily and and add muscle on pretty easily. Just got to eat a lot, which sometimes, you know, can become a task in itself. But um, other than that, uh, undergrad, went to WVU, sp- uh, majored in uh, sports medicine and biology there. Got my uh, Austin degree while I was there in athletic training through the School of Medicine. Uh, went on to chiropractic college and physical therapy school in New York. Uh, dual degrees, two at the same time, so that was a little bit rough. And then uh, came out of school, opened up my own practice, and uh, that was in 2000. Came right out of school, opened up a large multidisciplinary practice with a couple MDs, a DO, several massage therapists, had probably 25 employees. So it was quite an undertaking uh, coming right out of college, graduating. I ran that for about 13, 14 years, lost a lot of my hair in the process, <laughs> uh, a whole lot of hair in the process. But in that, in that time, though, in, in being that busy, I uh, still managed to have uh, four children during that period of time. Awesome. Uh, so I've uh, been married to to my wife now for 27, 20, almost 28 years now. Uh, so we, we've been through some tough times. We know what that's like to be a business owner, a busy business owner, um, you know, with a lot of stress. You know, that that's a high stress job when you've got that many employees, egos to deal with, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, and manage to and do it, you know, it's just about setting priorities and, and that type of thing. So, Fast forward to 2018, sold the practice, sold the building that I owned, and then kind of went into semi-retirement, working for the company that that bought my practice and and bought the building. Worked for them for two years, and it was more uh, facility development, business management, you know, directorship role more than being, you know, one-on-one with patients, which is what I really enjoy doing. So after my two-year stint with them, which was mandatory per contract with uh, the buy-sells and um, mm-hmm. uh, I got, it. I was done, but the great thing is I didn't have any compete clauses. So I opened up like, you know, quarter mile down away from them. And, um, it's been, been quite a blessing. We're, we're a cash based practice now, solely pretty much functional medicine, uh, hormonal balances, you know, really just total health optimization. And so, uh, that's been, I can't believe how well it's taken off. And then we, you know, had a lot of patients fall, follow me from, from the previous practice. And now, you know, that's pretty much what we do 90% of the time. We've got patients in California, uh, from California to Florida, north to Vermont and Maine. It's been pretty crazy how well it's taken off.
1: Amazing. Like I said, a wealth of information. So, I want to start with just because I got a message this morning from a guy who messaged me on Instagram. He said, "I want to work out. I just don't have time." He said, "I want to I want to do this. I just i just don't have time to do it because i post about when i work i work out early in the morning other things i'm doing and he said i just don't have time and i'm listening to you talk about everything you've done having 20 some employees being a pro bodybuilder having four kids which is a lot i have two two is a lot came from a family with nine kids and that was insane but four kids while you're a busy business owner is a lot to take on so what is the mindset difference or how do you what would you tell a guy who you know has some improvement to do could do some organization some discipline improvement whatever it is that he needs to do to improve his life but in his head he doesn't have the time to get his life together something as simple as working out right the
0: big thing is find your focus i mean that's going to be the big thing find your why do you want to do that you know and 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 set goals and then set priorities you know my fam my my number one priority has always been church, God, family, business, and then anything I can do for myself. And that, you know, there's not really a whole lot of time to watch TV, do stupid things in there. And so the focus for me was always listening and going through those priorities first. And then any other time after that, then that's when I get some, maybe some leisure time, you know, time to sit down. Now that being said, Sundays, I don't do anything on Sundays. Like, you know, we have a big farm. Uh unless I can run heavy equipment, it doesn't happen on Sundays. Like I don't mm-hmm. lift hay bales, I don't do anything on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Sunday is a rest day for me. But during the week, um, it is all priority. I get up, everything that I do, I do with a purpose, and there's a reason for doing that. And so and a lot of times that's freeing up other freeing time up for other things that I want to do. So I try to be as efficient as possible. So You know, the big thing is really, I would say, you got to find your focus. Like if what, what you find is important is what you'll put your time into, Mm -hmm. you know, and hopefully that's your religious background, your marriage, your family, your children, and then your health. Because number one, if you let your health go, you're not going to be able to serve any of those other groups that I just mentioned, unless you're Mm -hmm. healthy, right? You can't do what you were put on this earth to do, whether that be a protector, whether that be a provider, whether that just be a support person, whatever, you can't do that well if you're not healthy and you're not going to be able to do it as long as you want to do either. So, you know, the big thing is, is prioritizing and that's, you know, and really find a focus, find your why, why you want to do that, you know, and, and focus on that and sit there and sit there. Where can I, where can I cut things from my schedule that inhibit me or, you know, basic preclude me or keep me from doing what I want to get done. And those are the things you got to knock out. And the other thing you guys sometimes just got to be willing to do without some sleep, you know, and that's really what it comes down to. And so, you know, it's nice. I would love to say, I, I, you know, I would like to be able to sleep eight hours, but I can't tell you the last time that ever happened. So, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're staying in top shape and other things you can do with a little less sleep to find, you know, time to do those things that you really want to concentrate on, but really first find your priority and why you want to do what you want to do because it can be done. And you know, you don't have to start out with going, I don't, I work out an hour, hour to an hour and 15 minutes a day. You don't have to do, and I'm a pro bodybuilder. So, I mean, it's not like you've got to hit a three hour workout in the gym, to make progress especially somebody that's just beginning mm-hmm. if you can 45 minutes a day and concentrate on resistance training over cardio always you know cardio the more cardio you do the better shape you get in the only the only option is to do more cardio for a longer period of time where resistance training you go in for an hour that starts to become easy guess what you just increase the resistance you're still just mm-hmm. there an hour mm-hmm. so you know yeah always prioritize the resistance training over cardio but then if there's some days you have no time to do nothing but a twenty minute walk, then get out and do that. But just make it a goal every day to do something that is some you know form of exercise and try to commit to resistance training priority over cardio.
1: So you brought up sleep and I'm glad because a lot of times if you want to get ahead in like if you're if you're too busy right now with the way your life is and you need to add things that are time consuming, then you have you have to find time somewhere. And that right. might mean getting less sleep. So the the rational, logical combat to that would be, well, if I'm getting less sleep, then I'm less healthy. If I'm less healthy, how am I going to get in better shape? So, can you get in great shape and get six hours of sleep a day instead of eight hours of sleep?
0: Yeah, and especially if that's quality sleep. Remove the barriers to you know quality sleep. Light in the room, you know, light before you bed. Depending on what kind of you know, media you might watch, things you might do before you go to bed. So prioritizing sleep and getting ready, you know, start preparing for sleep a half hour before you go to bed, mm-hmm. calming things down, you know, and obviously a lot of people make the mistake of eating late, which can make a big impact on quality of sleep. So the big thing is you've got to, you've got to prioritize sleep in your life at that point. And it's something you've got to plan in, you know, I've got a busy day tomorrow. I've got to make sure I am starting by, you know, 10 30, 11, whatever it is, half hour and then, and then make that, I'm going to be in bed by this time and make that a priority. And that'll make a big difference too. And then, you know, the other thing too is, you know, a lot of times, like for me, if I'm, if I'm crunched on time, I may go to bed earlier and it's great around 4 AM to like 6 AM, nothing happens. And you can get so much done when you get up early and, you know, sometimes you got to go to bed a little bit earlier for that. But then, I mean, honestly, how many people get a lot of really good work that they've, they've concentrated that's actually really effective after eight nine o'clock trying yep. to work that late anyway. You're tired, it's, it's hard, you don't concentrate as well. Mentally, you're not as focused. So why not go to bed earlier and get up a lot earlier before any of the interactions, distractions, things that keep you from performing well start to occur. You know, the stressors of life before your kids get up, mm-hmm. You know before you have to start getting ready for work, things you can do at the house and getting that done. So you can do it, absolutely. It's just you've got to prioritize sleep, put that in the schedule Say and say, I'm gonna start preparing for sleep at a set period of time do that and make it a habit and the big thing is is do that every day you know your body will accommodate very easily if you have a clockwork schedule of sleep your body will learn to do that especially if you're prioritizing quality of sleep
1: Mm -hmm. I think people just aren't really intentional about these things even sleep no you know they just they kind of go through their day randomly and don't have a plan for when they're going to sleep when they're going to work out when they're going to do these things they don't time block they don't schedule and then they say i don't have any time but really it's they don't know when the time is happening like they don't know when anything in the day is happening and i know i used to i used to be like that like i i wasn't always super organized and efficient throughout my day i remember what that was like right and yeah whenever you go after like you said 8 8:30 at night you're tired your brain's a little bit foggy you you either spend a couple hours on the couch watching netflix or you could spend those hours asleep so you can get up early and get more stuff done in the morning. Like right. I don't, I don't think anything great is happening that late at night. You can spend time with your wife, yeah. And I spend like thirty minutes, forty-five minutes with my wife after the kids go to sleep. And if you're right. in that stage yeah. of your life, definitely do it. But yeah, if you can get a jump in the morning, all those hours when your entire family is asleep, those are like magical hours when you can change your life. A couple hours every single day, especially if you're consistent. I mean, that could be set, huge set for a guy. Sets your focus,
0: right? That's the big thing. It sets your focus. And you, get, and you have that sense of accomplishment first thing in the morning. You can get up, get things done, and that, that sets your mindset for the rest of the day. When you first get up in the morning and get something accomplished right off the bat, that sets you up to get more accomplished throughout the rest of the day. It's just training your mind for that, and that's, that's the big thing. Like you said, you've got to be intentional with everything that you do and really look at your life going, does this really, be, if, what I'm doing right now, does it, is it benefiting me or is it costing me somewhere else? Mm-hmm. You know, and the, the big things get rid of those things that cost you somewhere else
1: And it's it's a big change for people because you I mean there might be you might be middle-aged right now listening to this You know, and you're like, oh, well, I didn't think my wake-up time was that important Or I didn't think my pre-sleep routine was that important It's like, yeah, it doesn't have to be to you But there are people who are thinking about it that importantly and are getting a shit ton done Yeah, like there's, there's people, right Yeah, there's people accomplishing a lot who are thinking about their day differently like putting importance on different aspects of the day. What are what are your routines like? Like like what's your morning routine like? My
0: my my morning routine hasn't changed, like I said, consistency. Even on the weekends, even if I don't have something to do, I keep the same routine, right? Cuz mm-hmm. it's your body, it's what you get used to. It it just trains your body for that. But my my routine typically is, like I said, we've got a farm, so we have horses, we have we have donkeys, we have goats, we have bees, more animals than really we need to worry about. But of course, there's there's chores that go with all those. So my morning usually starts about 4:45. Mm-hmm. Go out, work with the animals, do whatever farm work we need, we need to do. Come back in, and then um, I'm usually doing some type of cardio in the morning, uh, or a hot sauna, uh, which is huge for health. 150, 155 degrees for 40 minutes some days. Um, and then you know after that, it's it's getting right to work, and I'm doing all this before anybody else in the house is up, and then get into work uh there at the house you know that i can get some several things done on the internet answering emails responding to texts whatever uh sometimes it's even planning out you know social media uh posts and things like that or you know things that we've got to do for the day and then eat breakfast at some point in there and then usually typically start getting ready for work and that's Mm. you know my drive to work i'm you know i'm not listening to stupid things i'm again putting on a podcast doing something i'm Every bit of time that I've got, I'm trying to utilize it to make a a positive change, positive positive influence in my life. And that's that's what people have got to realize about being intentional and consistent. I mean, that's my schedule every day. And so, you know, other than Sunday, Sunday's a rest day for me. Sunday's, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, I'll try to sleep in, but when your body is so attuned to doing the same thing day in, day out, Sunday it wants to do the same thing too. So usually I wake up about that time, then I just toss and turn in bed for a couple hours and finally decide to get up because I get frustrated because I can't Mm -hmm. sleep any better. So that's, you know, my schedule, and then I'll work from, you know, anywhere from at the actual office, eight thirty, ten, 10 some days to, I usually get home 8, eight o'clock at night, and so then I'll I'll, I'll fit in a training regimen at some point for, with resistance training during the day there, and then I try to get home, and then once I walk in the door, my priority is my family, you know, my kids, now I've got two in college, uh, two have moved out and have their own family, so when I walk in the door, my priority at that point is my wife. I'm, you know, before I go in the door, I make sure, okay, am I mentally where I need to be
1: nice. to be a good
0: husband for my wife? Am I okay. mentally where I am that I can listen to her, find out, you know, what her day was like. She doesn't want to hear if I've had a crap day necessarily, you know, first thing when I come in the door. Mm-hmm. And so it's setting that mindset. And that's, that's I've had to train myself because it's, it's pretty easy to have a really crappy day, get home and just want to get in there, right? And then you end up taking that out sometimes on the people that you love or, you're just less into conversation, less present, because you're still dwelling on the things throughout the day that stressed you out. And so that's, I really try to be intentional before I walk in that door of like, hey, listen, my co- this is my family time. This is the time for my wife. When my kids were at home, this is the time for my kids. And unfortunately when you have kids, everybody understands that the hus- the spouse time, you know, husband wife time gets put to the wayside, you know, before I was walking in putting myself in the right mindset to be happy dad, you know, there for my children play, show them every bit of affection and of love that I can, communicate with them, and then get them to where they need to be for bed and then have time with my wife. But, you know, the big thing is walking in the door before dropping everything else, making it very intentional about this. is I am at home now and I need to be a husband. I need to be a father and I need the best, the best that I can be at those things, even if I'm tired, even necessarily sometimes you don't want to because you're tired, but then focusing on, okay, this is what's best for them at this point. And you mm-hmm. do it for them. You don't necessarily do it for self, which then turns around and, and pays it forward and comes back to you in full measure for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. We talk about making transitions in the day to fix your brain so you can be more present and efficient in each area of the day. So if you joined, if someone joined my program, we'd say, okay, what's your morning routine going to be, what's your evening routine going to be, then let's establish four different transitions during the day. It sounds like you're doing that for whenever you come home. It's like going from work mode to going to father mode, going to husband mode. Vital, yes everyone everyone's been there everyone's had a crap day at work they come home and you just you just want to unload and the first thing you say to your wife because you know she's going to listen because she loves you is man this happened at work today this client was an asshole blah 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 and, and you yep. and, and you know she she'll take it she'll, she'll say I love you I accept I'm sorry baby but you know that's not what we should be doing to them right you know that like we should be building them up giving them energy not pulling them down because we couldn't handle our day. I think yeah, that's awesome. And they need that from
0: us, right? I mean, you know, everybody needs a rock. I mean, especially in relationships with, with, with marriages, right? When I'm weak, my wife's gotta be strong and she needs to sense that. when she's weak, I need to be strong. And sometimes you're just both weak and tired, but yes. you know, that's when you can use each other and lean on each other for the strength from each other. But, you know, again, right, wives, your spouses don't wanna hear about, all, you know, they wanna tell you about their day too. And there's got mm-hmm. you've gotta make sure that you're open and you're present in the conversation for them to, you know, tell you, hey, I had a problem today. And, you know, if they hear about all your problems, they don't want to dump something on you, right? Yep. And so that's the big thing is coming in and making sure, you know, number one, all the positives, right? And then, hey, what were the positives in your day? What, what all happened that you're happy about today, right? Get those things in and establish that as a po- the conversation from the positive from the very beginning. You know, what happened really good in your day today? This is what happened really good in my day today. Even if you had a really bad day, something had to happen throughout that day that was at least a good thing. Right. And then try to focus on that and then go, you know, what else, you know, what else do you want to talk about? Was there anything that bothered you today or have any issues with things? And, you know, my wife has been fortunate enough that, you know, she loves staying home. She was, she was a full-time mom, you know, domestic goddess, as you would say. So, but you know, she, she did a lot of work. I like that. I haven't heard that before. Domestic goddess. Domestic goddess. Yeah. And, And I mean, with four kids at home, we had four kids in, in six years. So let me tell you, that woman worked wow. her butt off. Yeah. And so there were days that were really frustrating. I mean, for her, they're tough when you've got little ones or that you had to deal with problems in school with them. And you know, those are the things that's so my job to make sure that she needs somebody to vent to. And if I come home and just unload on her, that doesn't really open that environment up for her to feel comfortable to do that. And so, you know, again, as a man, I think that the the big thing about me being, being a man is is setting yourself up so that other people, can come to you and they know that they can rely on you for whatever, right. Mm-hmm. That you always put other people first. And I've seen that, you know, And I tried to train my boys that, you know, teach them that too, because mm-hmm. a lot, you know, guys just don't know what it means to be a man anymore. You know, being a man Unfortunately. is fortunately, yeah, they don't. And being a man is walking in the house and them knowing already, Hey, it's going to be okay. Cause dad's home. Right. But if if you come home and you unload all of your problems and dad's in a bad mood, dad's not going to fix anything. And so that's the big issue. It's all mindset about, you know, what's important, what's the priority in your life, and you've got to make sure that you set those. You know, when I go into work, I make sure when I go into work, I'm ready to work. Mentally, before I walk in that door, I'm ready to help people. I'm ready to do my job, right? When I walk into the gym, I make sure that if I've got to, if, I, and I do whatever I've got to do. If I've got to go into the gym, listen to music for a minute or two, get myself pumped up, do whatever, I make sure that, the, that my focus is while I'm in the gym. It's not on my cell phone. It's not on you know, Instagram, social media, I'm in there, I'm focusing at the gym. When I leave the gym, if I go to do something, I'm I'm focusing on what I'm doing right there. And so that's going to be the big thing is prioritize and focus on what you're doing in the moment, whether that be conversation with relationships, you know, people that you love, but you've got to focus and be there and what you're, and do well what you're doing right at the moment, whether that be conversing with your wife, conversing with your kids, working out in the gym, be absolutely intentional about everything.
1: And I think what I, when you're talking about this, you know, people have heard similar things before. It's like I just got something in my eye. <laughs> people have heard s- similar things before by successful people, and a lot of times, a lot of, you know, successful people say the same kind of things. And yeah. you can ignore that forever, or you could say, well, maybe there's some truth there. Like you're talking about routines, you're talking about being intentional at every part of your day. Whenever you're at the gym, don't multitask. Think about just being at the gym. Right. And also talking about, which I love, being a giver, not a taker as a husband and father. Like not being someone who needs a lot of things from his family to be the man he is. Or he doesn't need the circumstances to be perfect, the sun to be shining, full belly, eight hours of sleep to, be, to show up as a great husband and father. Just being that and needing nothing. Right. Like that, and that's all tied into what you do. It's tied into what we're talking about. It's like, well, you can't do that if you're not healthy. You can't do that if you you don't have a great routine you can't do that if you're not disciplined like all these things have to happen together for you to be the best man you can be right and and again it's it's
0: it's living with focus living with intention and really looking at your life and going okay what am i doing that benefits myself and then what benefits other people and then and and if it doesn't if something that you're doing doesn't really have a benefit for either one of those get it out of your life yeah whatever you're listening to, whatever you're watching, whatever you're reading, if it's not helping you be better at something, then find something else to do. Now there are some times you just need to sit down and relax, right? I understand that, you know, a time when you know, you've know you got to recoup and, and self restore too. But those are the times, you know, that you you've got to set that time aside and focus. Still on Still intentional, that as well. though. Intentional. You're still doing yeah, that with a part. You're relaxing so intention. you can
1: show up better later on
0: and be a better version of you, so that you can help other people. You know, be as selfless as possible and be mm-hmm. there for other people and be better at what you do. Doing that,
1: correct? Because I schedule I schedule uh, breaks into my day, but they are intentional breaks, so that like I'll take you know I'll take a lunch and I will. Say, all right, for these 15 minutes, I'm going to go for a walk outside with my dog or I'll go for a jog in the middle of the day. Like the purpose of that is if I don't do that, I'm going to have less energy, I'm going to be less present, and I'm not going to perform as well. Maybe I have a sales call after that. Maybe I have something else after that. Like And it's scheduled so that, because I know how I react physically and emotionally to being, to a jog, to the food I'm eating. And like you can still relax and treat yourself, but do it with more of a purpose. Not just, hey, I just feel like, doing this right now or just once again going through it randomly I mean, right. you can you can't intentionally have these things in your day and yeah taking Sunday off and just relaxing it's like we need you need a reset and once again the purpose of that isn't unplanned like you're if you didn't have that Sunday reset you wouldn't show up as well for on, the next on, six days in Monday row. right yeah and then
0: then it just starts to steamroll over you because then you're showing up Monday, being tired. You get to the end of the week. It's compounded because you didn't take that rest and repair and just rejuvenate for yourself to to rest and get ready for what's what's going on. And your body's got to have that, you know, especially if you're running ragged the rest of the week, you've got to have some downtime. It will catch up with you eventually, for sure. There is no doubt about that.
1: Mm -hmm. So I've been seeing, I'm going to take kind of a detour here to some more bodybuilding-specific building stuff, and then they will talk about a lot of other things, too. I've been seeing a ton of YouTube shorts and YouTube material on Mike... Is it Mike Menser? Yeah. About the intensity training to failure, like, once a week, twice a week, and tons of people are... Some, I, I told people I was going to interview you, and I said, give me some specific questions for them. Right. And one of them was, like, well, what do you think about this, about just... Doing you know upper body one time a week lower body one time a week and the benefits of that versus resistance training six days a week like because that is all it's it's kind of a hype right now it's it's really it's it's a it's a fad and it's getting popular is that whole mentality and philosophy so can you talk about that a little bit sure you know and the big thing is finding out individually
0: what works best for you number one um, but there is some, and I've, I've actually tried it and had some good gains with that. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. I mean I'm, I'm kind of like the the open guinea pig of of the bodybuilding world, and I, and I admit to you know what I've tried, what I've what I've done. Um, intensity training is huge, right? And so in that type of workout, you can definitely get gains. Now, it just depends on why you're wanting to do that. Now, if you're a physique athlete, is that necessarily something that's going to benefit you? Maybe not, right? If you're a powerlifting athlete, definitely possibly could, right? Or if you're just somebody, hey, I just want to be better functionally at what I do during the day, it just depends. That may not be the, you know, the best workout for you. It just really depends on why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and so that, that's when I sit down you know, I talk with people that want to get into the sport or, hey, I just want to be healthier. What's your real goal? What's your real outcome that you're looking at? And so and then, and then your type of training has got to be custom built around that, got to be suited to what you're wanting to get out of it. Now that type of training that you're talking about, I mean, it's very intense. You basically completely exhaust the muscle and it's gotta have a a set number of of days to recuperate, which is why you're only doing it like once a week, Mm -hmm. you know, an upper body day, then be done. You don't want anything anything for your upper body for, you know, 10 days, seven to 10 days. And some people benefit very well from that, but it's gonna be more people that are interested in strength and power lifting. For overall health, I wouldn't really recommend that because, you know, you're not getting in, you're not working the body daily. You're not burning Mm -hmm. calories, you're not burning off excess glycogen, you're not getting blood flow going, you're not really stressing the heart out that much. So, you know, it just depends on on what your intention would be when you're going to the gym. You know, what are your goals? If you just want to drop if you want to drop body fat and look better, it may not be the best workout program because the caloric expenditure, you know, would be better going in and do a total body program three or four days a week more, a little bit more, let's say moderate volume, say 12 to 15 reps, four to five sets, hit every body part, then do different exercises two days later, hit every body part, then two days later. So more of a periodization where you're, you're really going in and you're burning glycogen, excess glucose off. You're creating blood flow throughout the whole body. You're going to burn a little bit more fat doing that. So it just really depends on what your goals are and why you're, you know, why you're going to the gym while you're doing the resistance training, you know, and then, and then gear your program around that.
1: So that would, if you were someone who's interested in bodybuilding, that wouldn't be the program for you? Probably not, unless you've got a really good physique already. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: if, if it's somebody, if, if you're established, let's say you've hit, you know, you've been competing for a while, you could try that to see, you know, some areas maybe you have lagging. Maybe you've got poor chest development or shoulder development or back development. That might be something that would be beneficial hit something really hard, let it rest, and watch it grow, right? Yeah. But overall, for somebody that would be just interested or starting in, probably not the best program for them. And like so right a, now, that's what I'm doing. Like I'll go in and, and you know, I've, I've been competitive for a while, so I'm in a growth mm-hmm. cycle right now. You notice I didn't say bulk or anything like that. I'm in a growth, growth cycle. cycle. So I've slightly increased my calories. 200 calories is what I've increased my daily caloric. You know, so I'm not going to get fat that way. I'm adding 200 calories. Mm-hmm. But when you think over, over a seven day period, that's 1400 extra calories, right? But then I've also in, increased the intensity with which I'm working out. And so, you know, that slight increase in calories, slight change in, in intensity, you know, and I'm going in and I'm I'm doing heavy sets, you know, five by five sets, super heavy, walk out of the gym exhausted with whatever I'm working out and with the intent of getting stronger and growing a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. but. Again, I'm not, if I was wanting to burn fat and doing some other things, that really wouldn't be the best workout, right? Or if I was really wanting to completely concentrate on physique and um, presentation and appearance, that probably wasn't the best workout either because you're not going to be hitting all the different muscle groups that you would want to do that.
1: Okay. And so if you were someone who, like the general guy who isn't trying to get into bodybuilding, isn't powerlifting, he just needs to lose some fat and change his body he's like okay i'm listening to this podcast i think i can do this i think it's my day to get in shape what would like his standard workout routine look like 1st i I'd start with diet <laughs> it's number yeah. one
0: i mean getting the diet squared away but then the, the standard r- work, workout routine you know and if you're a really busy guy walking 30 minutes a day can make a huge difference in mm-hmm. your caloric output how you feel your mental approach to things clearing out your mind a little bit, and that's the basic, right? And then from there, going to try to getting into the gym 45 minutes to an hour a day and going in and you have four to five days a week, trying to hit you know, several body parts every time that you're in the gym. Don't do the typical bro split where you just, hey, I go in Monday, I hit chest, Tuesday legs, Wednesday, whatever, back and arms, you know, and then you only hit one body part a day because there's, you're leaving a lot of areas untouched throughout the rest of the week that would be a chance for you to actually impact those areas, uh, burn extra calories, increase blood flow, and develop those areas. Because really about every two days, you can work a body part. If you're not sore, it can be worked, right? If you're still sore, if you have delayed onset muscle soreness, DOMS as they call it, um, you, don't, you wanna leave that body part alone. That means it hasn't healed, it hasn't rested. But most people, for the most part, can hit a body part and exercise it every other day to every two days. And that's what I would advise. Like, listen, going in, doing the most you can, hitting the most muscle groups that you can in that period of time, mm-hmm. and then keeping the heart rate up, keeping the intensity up, maybe allowing yourself 45 seconds to a minute between sets, and then you know maybe a minute and a half to two minutes between exercises. But get in there with intention. I set a timer on my phone, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what workout I'm doing, I set that timer. And so that way I know that I keep my schedule, I keep the workout, I keep focus. number one, and then I don't get sidetracked with other things and I'm keeping my workout very dedicated to the time. I get in there, get out, be focused on what I'm doing. And that way, you know, you don't get distracted. And again, 45 minutes to an hour and you should be really good with that.
1: Yeah, You can't, it's easy to let time slip away at the gym if you're it's not really intentional about it. Cause if you're doing, you know, if you have a lot of sets to do throughout what's supposed to be a one hour session and in between each of those sets, your 45 second break turns into two or three minutes. You've just doubled the time you're at the gym. Easy. And you see it all the time. Yeah. I mean, expect, the younger group is really bad about it. I mean, they'll sit there. Yes. They'll do something.
0: They'll sit there on their phone for 10 minutes scrolling through or doing whatever. And, you know, it's not like they're doing business emails or, you know. Setting the camera you know, up. Yeah, they're setting the camera up, whatever. And they're, it's, it's crazy. And they're in there forever. You know, and so the big thing is, really, you've got to make everything as efficient as possible, absolutely as efficient as possible. And then setting a timer on your phone, it's easy. I don't turn anything off. My timer stays on my phone, right? Mm. If I get a call that's important, it's going to come up and it's going to show me what number it is. I'll know if I need to answer it. But otherwise, I don't get distracted. That timer is the gold thing. And trust me, I'm, I'm wanting, sometimes I want it to be longer than what it is. But at the same time, I'm wanting that to get in there and it keeps me focused. Hey, when's my next set? I'm preparing between those sets for the next set. You know, mentally getting what it, whatever mind space I need to be in to think about the muscle group that I'm activating thinking about feeling the muscle, you know, that, again, being efficient, right? If you're thinking about what you're doing in the gym, it makes your gym time work out a lot better for you too. If you're just going in there and going through the motions, then you're going to be the same guy that you see at the YMCA that you you went in there and saw him, and two years later looks the same, right? And that's what we don't want. Get in there, get what you've got to get done, be efficient about it, be intentional, and be intense.
1: Once again, being intentional about every part of it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Time time just slips away, and that goes for building your body, building your business, and building building your family. Like if you if you don't say, "All right, this moment is important," your kids are gone, or your body's gone, or something else happens, or you missed an opportunity. Like if, and I know, man, it can it can be difficult. It it can, it can be nice to just kind of slide through the day and not be that intentional about it. But yeah, you well, know, nice what's nicer have, is yeah. having results and accomplishments.
0: Yeah if your results, everything's about results. If, if you're doing something, you're not seeing results, you're not doing it right. That's whether that be in business, whether that be in the gym, whether that be in your marriage, whether that be the relationship with your children, you know, if you're, if, if you're doing something and you're not seeing results or outcomes that you want, I I would quickly think about doing something differently, having a different approach, having a different mindset about it, whatever it is. And, And you see that all the time that people in the gym, in the business, they're still, you know, business two years later they're exactly where they were two years before and it's again it's about being intentional about that i want progress i want to see results and being just absolutely ferocious and tenacious about those no matter what you're doing is the Mm. big thing and again that's a mindset right that's that alpha mindset of you know you've and and a lot of times you got to think about maybe you're not even doing it for yourself you know i'm gonna i'm doing this because i want to be a better father i'm doing this because i want to be a better husband i want to be more physically able to take care of my family you know and be a better provider and so whatever mindset you've got to find to promote that in your own head that you can be so intentional and be so focused that's what you've got to look for
1: yes and if you were listening to this and that is and you think maybe that's me that's probably you if you're, if you're thinking maybe i've got some loose ends to to tighten up you probably do and that's and you're not alone so don't feel bad about it no it's not a, most it's a guys yeah. need to need to do right. this Including, including me. Like I, I'm sure if I went through my day and went through my schedule, yeah, there's some times where I could probably still tighten it up. It's fine. Don't feel bad about it. You're not a failure. It's okay. But, yeah, we can keep on improving. And especially if you have kids. Like I always relate a lot of things back to having kids and how old they are and how much time you have left with them. If you're a father with young kids and you're out of shape or you're not providing like you, should, you, should, you want to for them, you do have a limited amount of time to make an impact on their life right now. So you do Absolutely. have a time. So like, get your shit together right now while you still have time.
0: Yeah, and you keep putting it off, then things happen and you don't prioritize. It just gets worse, it just compounds the problem. And so, yeah. you know, that, that's the thing is that, you know, it's just men anymore don't focus. And, being, and what I've told my boys, my daughters, being mediocre is not cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, I like you can't that. accept mediocrity is not the way to get by, right? You're, and you're, if you are mediocre at anything, you're just getting by. We weren't built to be mediocre. We weren't built, to, we weren't made to be, as men, we weren't made to be mediocre fathers. We weren't made to be mediocre providers. You know, we weren't made to be mediocre at everything. And if you're looking in your life and saying, hey, I'm really not as good as I should be here, yeah. And if you're thinking about it, then you need to. But don't be ashamed about it. It's just that we're not taught that. I mean, especially the younger generations now. I mean, half of them don't even know. If you ask a younger, a younger person now, hey, what's it, what's it mean to be a man? I doubt they can even give you an answer
1: yeah and where do you think they're getting mixed messages from like where if you're a, a teenager right now a teenager boy what is happening to you in terms of the messages on masculinity like where is it coming from what are they saying
0: well there's a war on masculinity we know that i mean we've seen that i mean that's that's the thing so social media is not the place that's going to promote masculine behavior you know, strong men uh good men that can provide for their families. You know, it's all about, it's, it promotes the mediocrity of, of being a male, right? You don't want to be aggressive. You don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to be too strong. You don't, you don't want to necessarily be overprotective. You don't want to do all the things that, that we were built as men to be, and that's social media. So social media is destroying the picture of what real men do. You know, and we, were, we were built to be protector and provider, period. That's, that's what we were meant. That's what we were meant to do. We're, we're stronger for a reason. There's other things that, you know, we have less intuitive emotions a lot of times, because you know what, we were meant to kill stuff, to eat it. <laughs> and there's just a lot of things that were built the way we're built because of the job that we have to do. And the problem is that's not what's being promoted in, in the media, you know, being, being a provider, being a dad, being a father, being a hunter gatherer, right? Being, being the guy that your family looks to, if there's a problem, that's not promoted in the media right now. So where do kids go to find it? If they don't find it in their dad, I don't right now I don't know. That's that's a really good question. There's that nobody setting an example. No that's one It's
1: important. Is. If you don't find it in your father, where do you go? We we'll right. talk about that all the time. Well well I know where they go. They go to social media. They go to social media. And then they find examples that their father wouldn't want them to. And that puts a greater responsibility on men to get their shit together right now. Absolutely. Because if, if you're not inspiring your kids, someone else is, and you have no control over that. Like You have to make yourself the most inspirational person that your son sees if you want him to model you. Because if yep. he's either going to model you or he's going to reject you based on hypocrisy. Like If you're, if you're an out-of-shape guy, you live sloppily, no discipline, and you're talking to your kid about living a disciplined life or eating healthy or working out and being strong, he's going to see a hypocrite, and he's going to reject the guy you are right now. And that's not to condemn you, that's saying, okay, this is a realization, this can be something that you can actually, this is a perspective change that maybe you can use to to change your life. I was there at one point, I, I remember being, I had shoulder surgery, I had rotator cuff, bicep tendon surgery. And I, I kind of use as, uh, that as an excuse, so I can't work out, I can't watch what I eat, which is all bullshit. And I let myself, yes. <laughs> complete yes. bullshit. But I use that as uh, my excuse. And I got, you know, I got overweight, and I just let myself be sloppy, and I look back at those pictures, like, man, you weren't doing it. Like, you, you, you've, you've bought the bullshit you were telling yourself. Yeah. But then I allowed myself to make a change. Like, I had a wake-up call, and like, yeah, I got my shit together, but you can still get your shit together. And you have to it doesn't do it matter, right. right now.
0: Age is irrelevant. Your past, how much you screwed up. You get your shit together anytime. But you've got to make the decision to do it. And you've got to say, listen, I'm going to put the effort out. That's the big thing. And, you know, guys just don't want to put the effort out in relationships, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to that kind of thing. And, you know, and modeling and, and setting the example for kids. I mean, you ask, them, you ask some kids, they'll think, hey, being a great dad means making a lot of money. And I know whole lot of phenomenal fathers that are real well to do or wealthy by any means, but they're great dads. And so, you know, again, we've got to establish what it really means to be a great father, what it means to be a great husband, what you do as a, as a man to be a great man. Right. And set that example for the generations that come after you. And it's all, it's relationship based, but number one, you've got to be focused and intentional with those relationships. Otherwise they fall on the wayside and kids will pick that pick up that BS faster than anybody. Right. Like you just said, you know, if you're not living it and you're, and you're telling them something else, no, they're not going to buy it. They're not going to buy it at all. And if you're not having those, those discussions with them about it, there's, somebody else will fill their head with a bunch of bullshit, like you said, real quick. Or they're formulated on their own, which is even worse.
1: Yeah, and even, I'm, for me, I remember all the TV shows we used to watch growing up and whenever they, the male figures were always so weak and stupid. Like King of Queens and all those, and even at the time, I remember watching them and asking my parents, "Why are the guys so dumb? Like, why?" Even back then, for the past couple decades, every time you watched TV, the 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 men were so weak. One show that is borderline, but I do still like is Home Improvement with Tim Allen. Yeah, because he he at least was a a strong, like masculine guy, and he talked. There's a lot of men issues. Like we started watching that on a Disney Channel. We started watching that a couple of weeks ago. Now it's one of my kids' favorite shows. And I'm okay with them watching that because it's like a normal family dynamic. The dad is masculine. The dad, um, he flirts with the wife. You know, he jokes. He's He has strength. He's confident. He knows what he's with doing. His kids, yep. Sure, he's dumb sometimes. But for the most part, it's really good. And then, honestly, when he talks to Wilson, his neighbor... They talk about some serious they men's I- men's yeah. issues. and I was just blown, like yesterday we watched an episode, I was blown away talking about tribalism and manhood and all this stuff. I was like, man, there are a lot of great lessons in here. So that's one show where they're actually showing some good stuff in terms of masculinity, but kids don't have a lot of great options they whenever don't. they're watching social media, TV, YouTube, especially YouTube. My, I know if I let my son go free on YouTube, he'll end up watching, you know, some 40-year-old guy in his parents' basement playing Minecraft. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the uh, – he's watching someone else it's, play a video game is what kids like to do. It's crazy, yep. But so, like, if you're the, if you're the father and you are not inspiring them to go out and do stuff, then, man, you're, you're really leaving what happens to your kid up to chance. You can't do that. No, you can't.
0: And because they're going to find it one way or the other. And, I mean, you know, whether, hopefully it be maybe a good coach, maybe something, a good teacher – But more than likely, they're going to find it off social media and their friends. And that, you know, that just leads down to a rabbit hole that just goes to nowhere and just gets them in trouble. Because then they're making up their own rules as they go by and just, you know, it, it doesn't lead to any place good. So that's the thing, you know, as men, we've got to step up. And we've got to help other men see that they've got to step up too. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a relationship with a guy and say, hey, listen, you know, I've noticed a couple of these things, and if they're good friends, they're going to take. If they're a good friend of yours, they're going to take it and stride and go, "Yeah, I, I kind of see." You know, I, I hope somebody will call me on my bullshit and say, "Listen, I, you know, I know you say this, but this is what I'm seeing you do." You know, my wife is great about it, <laughs> so you know, that's the thing is, and so you know, and listening to other people, but a good, good hard look in the mirror. A lot of times, if you're really looking and, and being introspective about your life, a good hard look in the mirror can teach you a lot of things sometimes
1: yeah and it can be painful to dig in there but that is where the growth happens like you can't put on those horse blinders forever
0: yeah you, you know do my do wife and I've, I've had this you know sometimes i'll just hey listen you know what do i do that really bothers you
1: that's a tough question to ask
0: that, that's a tough question to ask you know what's something you really don't like about me and you may not want to hear that answer but again <laughs> that's something if 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 you're doing your job as a father and a husband, those are questions you need to ask because mm-hmm. she's going to tell you real quick about now, hopefully she loves you and she's not going to just smack you down, but you know, hopefully she'll love you enough to say, listen, and be honest. These are the things that I really think that, you know, or maybe a weakness in your character or your presentation or, or whatever it is. But those are good conversations to have. And hopefully you have a good man friend that, you know, a dude that you can say, hey, listen, you know, as a dad, do you, where do you think that, you know, I'm having any issues? you, and going to somebody that's a mentor and say, hey, I got a question. You know, what would you recommend? Or when you look at my relationship in business and my relationship with, you know, you know, you see my relationship with my spouse. Do you see there's times that I maybe could somebody should say that I disrespect her a little bit, whether it be unintentional or not. And, and find those people and hopefully the, they'll tell you the truth and then be that person for your kids that number one, you know, they're always going to be lifted up by you, but you're going to be brutally honest with them and say, listen, you're, you're really lacking here, right? And lacking in character or lacking whatever it is. And hopefully, but the only way you get that is by spending the time and being present when you're with them. Not on your phone, not thinking about other things, you know, not watching. You know, I don't watch a whole lot of TV at all because it was just, even sitting down with your kids and watching it now when they're babies, that's a different ball game, right? But when you're sitting down with your kids, hopefully, and they're, they're old enough to communicate with you. You're sitting down and communicating with them, you know, having something that opens that communication up. So you can talk about things and, and bring topics in that you can use to train them and teach them and try to make as many teachable moments as you can. But you've got to be again, intentional
1: about that. I agree. 100%. We have to get into body, your bodybuilding career. Cause I, I want to talk about that. So let's talk about it. All right. So, so what made you want to start being getting into that world of bodybuilding cuz eventually you turned pro in, in a very short amount of time. So what yeah. took you from I think you said crossfitting to powerlifting to into professional bodybuilding?
0: Literally I just got tired of I mean literally truly it was I'm a competitive person like through and through. I mean highly competitive. My wife and I if we play tennis, we usually end up arguing. it's a fun argument but it's I mean I'm competitive, man. I can't stand to lose to anybody. And so it was just the point, I'd hit a, a point in this, the Spartan racing on the circuit that I probably had really gotten as good as I was top four or 5% in the world. The guys that were beating me were always going to beat me. They're runners. You walk in a room, people that are athletic, you can say, that guy's a runner, that guy's a Crossfitter, that guy's a bodybuilder. The guys that were beating me, you could look at him and say, those guys are runners. And you know, and I, they were six foot two, six foot three, long legs. Here I am, five, eight and a half you know lean in really good shape but you looked at me and go yeah i'm pretty muscly for that even at that weight i'm not a runner and so i just kind of really got tired of trying to keep up and i knew that it was either going to completely change my schedule of training and become like a runner or find something else and so a friend of mine just happened to say hey you know have you ever thought about bodybuilding i was like no not really not my thing but then you know i started thinking about it see i'll give it a go and see what happens and so you know of course i was five eight and a half and 184 pounds Built decently well, but at that point I knew, okay, listen, there's got to be some drastic changes. So I did a lot of research, uh, never really had a coach, you know, myself, thank goodness. I've been an athlete for a long time being a physician. I've got a a mindset. I read, you know, if I'm not reading about something in a sport, I'm reading about peptides. I'm reading about nutrition. I'm reading about exercises. I'm reading about self-development. I'm reading about leadership. And so, you know, I put all that together and said, "Yeah, I can do this." And then so I uh, changed my diet completely around. So I went from more of a, you know, higher carbohydrate, lower protein diet, some fat, uh, low fat diet to a very high protein diet, moderate carbohydrate and decent amount of fat. And then geared towards the diet geared my workout programs towards hypertrophy versus conditioning. And there's a big difference, right? I wasn't going in the gym any longer to get my heart rate up, get a sweat up. You know get my uh, work my cardio out you know i was going into with the intention of adding muscle and so over it took me about eight months to really start becoming more of a physique athlete and putting the time in being very intentional about that uh reducing my which you know for me it was always cardio 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 it was very hard for me to get you know i was worried even me with my knowledge base going if i cut this cardio out i'm going to become a fat slop right i was really Mm -hmm. getting that card that mindset of no if i go to strict resistance training Watch my calories, monitor those calories, and, and go in there and bust my butt in the gym. I don't have to worry about getting fat. But that transition was hard, right? Because you if, you, if you're either going to burn fat or you're going to grow muscle, but it's hard to do both, right? It's really hard to do both. And so, you know, for me, I said, you know, I'm not going to worry about growing muscle. The more muscle you have, the more you know, metabolic effects you're going to have and the more calories you burn. So just inherently, the more muscle you've got, you're going to burn more calories than the person who's got less muscle than you. And so the more muscle you add, you're going to burn more calories just sitting there doing nothing. And so for me, it was getting out of that mindset of, hey, I've got to really be tight on my diet. I've got to be really watching these fats. I've got to really watch my protein level. I've got to you know, keep my carb level up, getting rid of that idea, getting rid of I've got to run every day. I've got to do cardio every day, you know, and going towards I'm going to go in very specific with my lifts, very specific with my intentions, really focus my diet on protein and good fats that are going to help me build muscle, and then using carbohydrates for energy, right? So I I began to utilize food for what it was made for versus just eating, versus just providing energy, right? When you're a runner, long distance runner, Spartan races, you just need calories, man, because you're burning everything off. Mm. You don't really care what you eat, you know? But when you get in the gym and bodybuilding, it's very different, you know? everything Everything you eat needs to be in support of building muscle mass. And so that's gonna be a high protein, good fat diet, Cal- your carbs are, are basically for energy, you know, energy expenditure so that you can get the most out of what you're doing, not fall flat. But, you know, they aren't the, they aren't the emphasis in growing muscle. And so it was a mindset change and then getting in there and just working out and realizing, Hey, listen, you know, I don't look like what I'm going to look like in six months. Don't get lost in the forest for looking at the trees kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then, you know, and, and don't take pictures. Don't step on the scale every day. Don't look in the mirror every day. You know take a picture every you know four or five weeks and then see where you're progressing and, and then if you're not progressing okay what do i need to change but again it was just you know for me it was just getting into a different sport i'd gotten burnt out and running all the time literally and um, it was a different focus and i just really got into it and loved it once i got into the resistance part of it and really focusing on the resistance training uh, and then got into the competition part of it like being on stage competing against other people i mean for Eight months out of the year, the only person you're competing against is yourself, right? You get up every day. You got I've got to do this. There are times I don't want to go to the gym, right? There, I'll be the first to admit there's times I'm tired. There's times I just don't feel it. But the discipline part of that is you go in and you do it. You go in and you do it like you enjoy it because that's what discipline is. You go in there and even if you don't want to, you go in there and you do it as if you were wanting to be there. And so uh, I did that and then started showing really really good results. Listening to judges after I would compete take that to heart, be very, very um, pointed and focused on what they said was my weak points, get back, focus on that, compete again, weak points, get back, focus on that. And then uh, I had, it was funny because I, the one time I actually employed a coach was the worst presentation I ever had on stage. And so, you know, so many coaches use cookie cutter programs that, you know, they just give to everybody. And for the most part, those, those programs will do relatively well. But when you take into consideration, I get up at 4 or 4.15 in the morning, I do farm work, I throw hay bales around, I, I clean stalls, I do that when I come home, I see patients all day, I work out during the day, like I am moving all the time. And, you know, this coach kept saying, you got to do more cardio, you got to do more cardio, you're not lean enough. And I kept saying, I'm feeling bad, I don't understand, you know, don't worry about it, we'll build you back up before the show. Never happened. Went into that show looking awful. And it And was because mm-hmm. that coach couldn't adapt his coaching methods to really the the client that i was as an athlete and go okay wait a minute this guy's different because of all the other stuff he's doing i need to back that off so that you know if you hire a coach make sure you hire a coach that actually listens and pays attention to who you are and what you do and builds your programming around that because if they don't if it's just you know you're not going to get the benefits that you want for sure and so um so that was yeah i I got my butt kicked and it was embarrassing i mean really embarrassing on stage and so that was probably that was the turning point for me and it made me so focused and so overdriven uh that was in that was in an october show then i turned around i mean like just ferocious and intent and so three months later then went to uh, the universe and became pro in two different two different categories and so, but I mean, everything I did was so intentional with, with diet, with with workout, but you know, it just made me angry that that happened to me. I looked so bad on stage that it just so mm. put me in such a super focus. It was crazy, and then turned around and you know, in a two-year period, went from just starting bodybuilding to turning pro.
1: That's, that's wild. That's a really short amount of time.
0: It was. I I couldn't believe it. I was dumbfounded, especially when you're going in competing against guys, you know, that you're talking to and they've been doing it for seven, eight years. Yeah. You know, and that you see that in guy, You know, some guys even longer. I, I talked to one guy, he'd been in like 72 shows and hadn't, been, hadn't turned pro yet, but he was still doing it. And honestly, that guy's my hero. I mean, do you realize what, you know, it is hard to compete in bodybuilding. This guy's been doing it for like seven, eight years, constantly, and has never given up, has never hit that goal and never gave up. That guy's a hero to me, right? And I mean, that's the kind of guy I would sit there and go, man, I, I, I would like to tell your story to my kids. Because, you know, they've seen dad do a lot of things, and I've been very fortunate to be able to do it relatively quickly. But that's not typically real life. It isn't. And So, so
1: why do you think you were able to do it and other people can't?
0: I think a lot of it was uh, knowledge base. Now, I won't, be, I, won't, I won't lie, genetics play into it, you know. Uh, so I can burn fat really easy. I mean, really easy. It's really difficult for me to add muscle on and keep it. And so, um, you know, genetically that that's a gift, but a lot of it was just focus. I mean, absolute focus. And I mean, tenacious about, about what that goal, right. And that was even one of those things where I went back again, it comes down to communication. I went back with my wife and I said, listen, this really bothered me. And I want to be super focused and I, you know, I want you to let me know if I'm being deficient, but I'm going to really concentrate on this, but I want you to tell me, Hey, I think that you're neglecting, you know, the kids or I haven't felt like, you know, cause I wanted to spend a little extra time in the gym. I wanted to do these other things, but I wanted her support with it. And I wanted her to know I'm not doing it to put her behind it. You know, she's still in front and she's still the one dictating with our family going, hey, you aren't being as good as a dad or as good as a father cause you're too, too focused on this. Mm-hmm. And so I had a really good conversation with her about it. She was very, very beneficial in that time period, keeping me, hey, grounded. Hey, I've still gotta be a dad. You know what I mean? Hey it's 315, your son's at a game at and, and four, you gotta be there, you need to get there, you need to be done, you know, those kinds of things. And so, because I can get in the gym and it's my, it is a safe space for me, I love to get in the gym, I love to pump the iron, I love to sweat, like it's, it's a mindset, I just love it. But again, it was a communication thing with her, but then the, the big thing was knowledge base, diet was huge, and just getting super focused. But you know, I've been an athlete for a long time. Um, I grew up, my dad was a military guy, you know, I can remember back when I was four or five years old doing push-ups with him, Listen to Eye of the Tiger, you know, those types of things. Yeah. And so, again, that, and that goes back to that set the example for me. I saw my dad when I was a kid doing push-ups and sit-ups and, you know, running and doing, and I idolized my dad because I got to see, I saw my dad as a muscular guy, you know, and these things and, and dedicated. And so that did a lot in establishing that as a priority for me, that physical fitness, that, that, that health, overall health. And so, you know, that I've been very benefit, I've benefited from that and a lot of the fact that, you know, I've seen that since I was very little, that physical fitness is a huge part of life. And so I've always been somebody that that's been a priority for me. And so that being said, then when I decided to get into bodybuilding, it wasn't like I I went from Joe Schmo that, you know, is 58 pounds overweight, obese, not healthy, to saying I want to be a bodybuilder. I went from being a competitive Spartan athlete, which is a completely different bodybuild, focus and everything to becoming a a bodybuilder and then you just use the the knowledge base and and the focus but then went to support you know my support people my my wife the guys i trained with and say listen i need you to help me this is my goal in three months i want to turn pro i want to get away from this embarrassment on, and i was i was embarrassed i want to get away from this embarrassment on stage and i this is what i when i walk what on was stage, it were you
1: just too too heavy What no no
0: too lean burnt my muscle mass off like i didn't even oh, belong on okay. stage yeah mm. so i got there you know uh i usually compete in the 207 208 range mm-hmm. you know i relied on this coach he's like you know we got to get you shredded we got to get you super lean i went on stage like at 188 pounds looked Damn. awful yeah mm. and looked absolutely awful and then so fatigued and felt like so bad i couldn't even pose correctly like it was just yeah it was just no bad. energy no energy yeah it was just dead and, it, and it's one of those things where you go, Darren, you, sh- you got the knowledge base. You should have known. But I know. But it's one of those times, you know, sometimes you, you, you get too hard on yourself or you're too easy on yourself when you're coaching yourself and having somebody else tell you what you hopefully is, is true and good information can be beneficial, right? Because you can be awful hard on yourself when you look in the mirror in bodybuilding and go, oh, I've got to work harder at this when you don't really need to, right? Self-perception is huge or misperception, yes. I guess. And so, you know, I hired a coach and I, and I, it just, it just didn't work for me. And so that was the big thing, but I was truly embarrassed about presentation. You know, you got judges that have seen you on stage before Mm
1: -hmm. what
0: happened. It looked like I just kind of threw all the rules by the wayside and just didn't eat, didn't do stuff. And it wasn't that at all. I just really got ran into the ground. Hmm. And so then I just came out super focused, went to everybody that was a support issue for me. Like I said, the guys I trained with, my wife, everybody said, listen, I need, I need your help on this and I need you to tell me. You know, when you think I'm doing things right, when you think I'm doing things well, keep on me if I become unfocused in other things because I can get real hyper focused on something that I'm, you know, I really want to accomplish. You know, typically when I I really put my mind, there's usually not a whole lot of things I can't accomplish. But the problem is I become so super focused, I let other things go to
1: the wayside,
0: and and I didn't want that to happen either.
1: Did you switch coaches, or did you just stop? You just stop using just the coach. I stopped, did stopped
0: using that coach, and just, you know, I said I just. You know, said, listen, you've got the knowledge base. I've I've worked out forever. You've got the knowledge base. You know, you know, testosterone, you know, the the gear, you know, everything. Just buckle down and make your own plan. And that's tough to
1: do. Sometimes you you want to rely on coaches because you're hoping that they know more. And I do the same thing, like for business and for other things. Like, I'm like, ooh, if I put money at this person, then they can help level me up. And you hope that that's true. Like, you hope that this person can do it. And a, and a lot of times coaches has ha- have helped me level up. But also, same thing, I've also paid people money to help me. And it turns out that they're just not very invested in you or they have their own agenda. Sometimes it doesn't work out. You got to do your
0: research, or they're not adaptable to your specific situation. You know, they're not used to yeah. a client like you. And I, I'm absolutely a believer in coaches, business coaches, I mean, I, I have business coaches, I've got coaches for everything. And you know, and not being said when I said I did it myself, it's not like I didn't have people I'd go to and say, Listen, take a look at me, what do you think are my weak points? You know, where where am I at? You know, what do you think I can improve on? But but I just went with my own knowledge base at that point and relied on other people that I know that compete and know what they're talking about to go, Hey Darren, this looks a little weak or you know, your presentation here isn't as good. Why don't you work on that? So again, I still had let's say other people's opinion that i relied on heavily i just didn't have somebody telling me hey listen this is your schedule this is how i want you to eat this is the workout i want you to do you know i did that myself but i still relied on other people giving me truthful information you know in their opinion on on how i looked how i was progressing and and where i was at
1: currently Mm. what are some i guess myths or public perceptions about bodybuilders that are completely inaccurate like if you're a guy who's you're just you're a father, you, you follow a rising father for the for the fatherhood stuff, you're not really into fitness, maybe you want to be, but you look at like a bodybuilder and you're like, oh, that guy's a meathead you know yeah. or or what maybe that's maybe they just said it like but what are' that's, the that's my, a big one. yeah what are the myths or what do they have just completely wrong
0: yeah well, I mean number one, bodybuilders are probably some of the most dedicated people to a specific thing that you' have ever seen, right number two, bodybuilders are probably the healthiest people that you'll ever meet outside the scope of probably the three weeks before a competition. There are things yeah. that I do preparing for a competition, there is no way I would ever, ever advise a patient to do, right? Uh, the meathead thing, you know, the big dumb jock, that's another one that you've got to deal with. Um, and the other thing is really bodybuilders are, are everybody. They're just ordinary Joes who decided to do something to better themselves and really got into it and really enjoyed it. And, you know, and most I, I've got Friends that are bodybuilders, that are doctors, that are contractors, that are dentists, that do everything. I mean, on the female side of them, that are stay at home moms, that, you know, are, are lawyers and attorneys. So there is no specific population that goes, this is a bodybuilder, right? But the other thing is, too, that, you know, most bodybuilders, majority of bodybuilders are extremely open for helping people in the gym, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and so, you know, most guys, when, when you have a really good knowledge base, you like sharing that if it can benefit other people. And so, you know, the one thing as I would tell people, like, listen, if you've got somebody in the gym that, you know, well, I really like to look like that guy, most bodybuilders will not mind at all if you come up and say, Hey, I got a couple questions for you. Now be respectful about it and don't occupy their entire time. Or if you say, Hey, listen, after you're done working out, could I, I ask you a couple questions or can I pick your brain a little bit? Most bodybuilders are unbelievably approachable and really friendly. And I can tell you like on the guy side of it competing, The guys backstage, man, are the greatest guys in the world because we've all put the time in. We've all suffered. We all respect each other because we know what we've been through to get there, especially on the pro side because you're talking about extremely tight there at that point. Mm -hmm. And they're great about if you need something, right? And so, and and that carries through pretty much their, their general life and the fact that they're extremely focused people, they're dedicated people. They're guys that will do whatever they've got to do in regards to their discipline. Because like I said, there are times I don't feel like going, I don't feel like working out. I don't feel like putting time in, but I do it anyway. And that's just pure discipline, right? And that's when you, when you don't want to do something and you go in and do it like you did, that's discipline. And so, you know, and so you, that's the things I would say that most people have misconceptions about bodybuilders and the fact that these people are people you could probably look up to because there's a lot of suffering when it comes into bodybuilding suffering with the diet. They go without a lot of things. You know, most people just take for granted that they can eat. They, they, they go to the gym when they don't want to, they go to the gym when they hurt, they go to the gym when they're tired. It's just, that's what they do. And so, you know, that say, I would, I would say was probably the biggest misconception, the things that I learned that I really admire, you know, a lot of the bodybuilders. And like I said, the guys I meet on stage, that said they've been doing it for seven, eight years and still haven't turned pro yet. That's a guy, man, I admire a lot. You get my respect. Because those people have gone through hell and high water to try to try to attain it, and they still haven't, and they're still doing it. You can't you can't ask for more discipline and focus from somebody than that, right? And so, you know, I really admire them. Now, that being said, they could be terrible fathers, terrible husbands on the other end of it. But at least there is one thing about it that I will give them respect. That's hard to do, and they've kept at it, and they're tenacious, and that is unbelievably respectable.
1: Yeah, I, th- and I think there is the misconception happens if you haven't. Put in the time or discipline on your body because you don't understand what the suffering is like no and i don't i don't either like i don't understand look for, for your level i haven't you know i've i've got myself in pretty good shape if you know I've, I've done a cut before but not to the pro bodybuilder level and one of my best friends is currently in that phase i think he's four weeks out right now i mean he is suffering yeah big time like he's you know doing he's on a stairmaster you know, an hour at a time, coming back later, wearing a hoodie, just just looks like he's in hell right now. But he saw his four weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, and it's like the the ability to get yourself to do that is so hard and so rare. It's, it's less than one percent of the people, I think, that can actually get themselves to do that. But if you have done a little bit of that, you can understand the insane discipline and mental control. It takes to be able to force your body because it's so different. Like attaining business goals and all these other stuff is extremely impressive. But to be able to force yourself to not put that little donut in your mouth when it's, it's so easy and it tastes so good. Yeah. And there's no resistance. Or to sleep in when all you have to do is shut your eyes and you should be at the gym. It's like real to easy. control yep. yourself physically is just different than all these other things. Like I have so much respect for pro, for people who can get themselves to that level because it is – this is the ma- complete mastery of yourself.
0: It is. And, it, and it's, it's becoming very, you, you got to become very tuned to your body because there are times I can tell you, I go to the gym and I, something starts to hurt. You can't sit there and go, I'm going to keep working through that because you're only really going to make it worse. Right. And so that's another aspect of it. I mean, most bodybuilders that are at the pro level too, or really good at the MPC, the, you know, the non-professional level. Um, they, they're very good at listening to their body and what it tells them. Right. Because. You've got, to, you've got to learn that because if you keep training something and you get hurt, then you're done competing for a while, too. And so it becomes listening to your body of, okay, knowing when you can push harder and when you have to pull back sometimes, too, or when you've got to lay off a specific exercise or something because you know it's causing some pain or some tendinitis or whatever. But then the thing is you're finding substitutions for that. It's not like you're just, hey, you know, I can't do this exercise, so I'm just going to not do it. It's like, hey, I can't do this exercise, but what can I do as a, as a substitute for that? that'll get me close to the same goal as what I was using that exercise for. And so there's a lot of thought process that goes into it. But the, the determination, I mean, and it's tough, man. When like There's times when I'm, you know, our, our competitions, if I compete on Saturday, I don't drink water from Thursday night till I'm done competing. You have no clue how, how hard about that? that is. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, I mean, and when I eat peanut butter, <laughs> I'll eat a rice cake, I'll eat these other things, mm-hmm. on, you know, and I can't have any liquid with it. It is it is difficult, but you know when you get to the pro level, you've got to get all of that water off. That's the only mm-hmm. way you get to really see things. You know what people call that onion thin skin, right? That you can literally yeah. look through it and almost saran see the stripe. There. Yeah, yes, yeah, saran wrap. You can see those striations. And so you know that that's suffering. man. I'm telling you, that is no fun. Especially when you, I mean you get to Saturday, you're dying of thirst. Mm-hmm. I mean mentally, it's a, it's something you've got to overcome too. And so you know, and then dropping all your carbs, dropping your calories, being absolutely fatigued. You know, when you're doing two hours, you know, an hour of cardio at 4 a.m., they're doing an hour of cardio at 11 p.m., like trying to get, you know, it's nuts. But the discipline in that is absolute. the physical discipline that it takes is extremely difficult because there are times it just hurts and you have to push through and do it anyway.
1: And then if you can do that, if you can force yourself to do that physically... I feel like it's easier to make yourself to do other hard things in life. If you forced does. yourself to not drink water for two days and do two hours of cardio plus something else, it's probably a lot easier to have that difficult conversation with your wife, to make that business decision you're, that was hard for you before, but you've done all these other insanely hard things that are much more harder than that when you look back on it.
0: Right. Yeah, You mean every time you walk out of the gym, you probably have a sense of accomplishment, and that's going to carry through to everything else you do. Again, that's like I said, when you first get up in the morning, 4, four fifteen, get something done right off the bat. You've already got a lot of times done more than other people do throughout the day. If you accomplish that, some, something that first time period, it just sets you up to be a winner the rest of the day and have your focus on getting things done. You know, and that's, you know, you hear people say all the time, get shit done. That is absolutely the case. You've got to focus on that no matter what you're doing. And then getting into the gym and doing that and, and just getting through it and coming out of there going, I did that absolutely lends itself to being a winner in other aspects of your life knowing you can take on hard things and come out okay and if not even better than what you were before you started it and it's a mindset it's absolutely a mindset
1: so in your current practice like what are some of the common issues that like well first off what kind of people are you helping in your current practice
0: we see about an equal number of men an equal number of women Uh, the most people, people coming, you know, that we see right now, people coming in fatigued, not thriving. I used to feel better. I'm having a hard time even coming home, cooking dinner, providing for my family. I can't focus at work. I'm falling asleep. I just don't feel good, right? That's what we're seeing a lot of. And so, you know, a lot of it can be thyroid issues. A lot of it can be testosterone. And I mean, it's crazy. what We're seeing happening with testosterone levels. Uh, testosterone levels are on a massive decline over the last 20 years. I just read a study by NIH that was saying that by the year 2050, men's sperm counts are going to decrease, but they average of about 50 to 65%. Wow. And so, you know, a majority of men won't even be able to have kids by then because of testosterone levels and what's happening to those, to those levels. Women, were looking at, you know, used to not see a guy with thyroid issues, um, and we're seeing men with thyroid issues all the time now. And then we're seeing women with low testosterone, thyroid issues. And, you know, women don't get diagnosed with the low testosterone near as much as it's not even looked at by the scope of doctors outside of the scope of what we do. Testosterone for women is extremely important. You know, that's what makes up their little bit of aggression they've got, their ability to recuperate, their energy metabolism, those types of things. And nobody even looks at that for women. So that's a huge aspect that we see with women. Now, obviously, they don't need near, not even close to the levels of testosterone that guys need, but they have to have it. And then we're seeing a lot of estrogen and progesterone imbalances. And, you know, where's a lot of that base for women? Diet, uh, soy, wheat, sugar, mm-hmm. you know, all these things that are affecting that. And the same thing with guys, too. Just women are way more susceptible to estrogenic interference in our foods than what guys are. But then, for sure, that's why we're seeing men's testosterone levels drop now is because of things that we're seeing in the food system, the plastics, the types of, you know, you hear people talking about microplastics, chemicals leaching in. But, you know, testosterone is a huge thing, and it's, I don't know why it's got this misnomer. It's so judged out in the public of, hey, that guy's on testosterone. I don't understand You know I mean? It's almost you look down at. Or, when, you know, I've had guys say they feel like when they're going to the pharmacy, they're buying, like, drugs or whatever because they're getting testosterone. And, and that's that's been placed on by society. And so, you know, I don't, I don't even know why that is. But that's, that's the majority of the people we're treating. It's, it's testosterone issues, both men and women. And then thyroid issues, primarily with women, but also with men. And then you know estrogen, progesterone imbalances for women, which lead to all kinds of problems. I mean, throughout the mm-hmm. you know, on a daily on their scale, of their like their daily life.
1: Yeah, I think at least from I maybe because I'm a man, I'm in the I'm in the man space. I don't hear of female hormone imbalances as much, but I'm sure it's a large issue. Rampant. My wife had a hysterectomy. I'm sure she doesn't mind me saying that for <laughs> for our last kid, um, for Lauren, seven years ago, and her her hormones are all messed up after that. Yeah. Um, like, what are so you said the estrogen level for like female hormone problems, like what is, what is that? Estrogen is the primary culprit.
0: Uh, no, honestly, estrogen is kind of the one thing that stays relatively stable with women. I mean, obviously, hysterectomy, you know, total hysterectomy, they're not going to be producing any estrogen. But you know, the general female who's got Uh, hormonal balance is going to be typically it's more progesterone issues, not enough progesterone and not enough testosterone. Um, Mm. you know, and so that's going to be the big thing. And you know, estrogen is an anabolic hormone. really when you look at it, it builds the uterus up, it builds water levels up. And so, you know, with guys, why estrogen is so important is it, it helps with some of our maintenance of our heart enzymes and, and the tissues and heart factor protection factors for our heart. The other thing it does is it helps keep our joints lubricated. And so, you know, it's, it's an important thing for us. So again, it's a, it's an anabolic factor for us, just minor building part of it. But, you know, estrogen's not really usually the main culprit. And the fact that we, the, the main culprit is lack of testosterone, in both men and women, and then very low progesterone in women. And then we'll see that a lot of that's though based on diet, you know, people mm-hmm. that are eating a lot of sugars, a lot of wheat, a lot of soy, a lot of garbage in their diet, all of which, you know, genetically modified food, those types of things. And they're getting all of those chemicals that are affecting their their ability to produce these hormones at a rate and, hmm. and, and hormones that are, that are structured the way they're supposed to be that they'll be effective when they hit the cell.
1: That was one of my questions I wanted to make sure I asked you is if you're a guy or a lady, doesn't matter, what are some foods we should, and you just mentioned a bunch of them, but what are some foods we should just cut out? What are some foods we should make sure we're eating? Just, you know, general guidelines that, right you know, a lot most people don't know the general guidelines
0: right. Ab- absolute avoids are going to be seed oil so uh, vegetable oil canola oil safflower oil sunflower oil highly processed extremely bad for you right now grape seed seeds by themselves are not you know grape seed oil by itself but when it goes through the processing to become the oil that we use terrible for you uh, wheat terrible you know, what 95% of our wheat's genetically modified it's, um, you know, it's not the wheat that, that was there 100 years ago, right? It's, it's been changed so you can spray Roundup on it. It lives. It lives with no water. It lives no matter what bugs eat it. Like, it's so genetically modified that our bodies don't even know what to do with it. Of course, it's got aberrant DNA and, and genetics in it, which is why you're getting gluten that's produced people with gluten ins, ins, sensitivities. Um, and so wheat is a big one you've got to avoid. Soy is terrible for you. Soy has a tremendous amount of impact on our estrogen levels as men and on the thyroid level as women interfering with with the thyroid function. Uh, Sugar is probably the most problematic food out of all of them. And the fact that it's in everything, it's highly inflammatory, it's extremely toxic, you know, and so, and it causes, you know, insulin reactions. It causes all kinds of issues, inflammatory reactions throughout the body. So sugar is another one. Now I'm not saying that, you know, most people a little bit of sugar here and there, but it's not a little bit of sugar for most people. And so those are the big ones. You know, the, the seed oils, wheat, soy, um, and saturated fats, you know, is another one. But the, the big thing is your your wheat, your soy, your uh, sugar, and then the, the seed oils, the bad oils. So then what should we be looking at using? So olive oil, right? Uh, MCT oil, avocado oil. MCT oil is a base of coconut oil, healthy oil. Um, avocado oil, those are the three big oils there. Um, other, other healthy fats, eggs, you know, egg is a superfood. I mean, you think about that egg, the yolk of that egg has everything to make an entire living being in it, right? That's got to be something really healthy to eat. Mm -hmm. I mean, that little yellow part has the DNA, has the genetics, has the protein, has every chemical that something needs to grow and become something out of. Eggs are super healthy for you. And so, you know, those are good, you know, eggs are a superfood. Uh, almonds, walnuts—you um, know, good protein sources. I'm not a huge whey fan at all. Uh, most of our clients, most of our patients that that eat a lot of whey have bloating issues, digestive issues. You mm-hmm. know, whey is just super refined milk, and you know our dairy supply anymore is, is contaminated with antibiotics, chemicals, all these other things, and so you're going—that's going to carry through to your whey and your your, your protein structure. So. You know, protein's huge. I'm not a big fan of whey, whether it be instantized whey, hydrocylized whey. You know, the one thing I'd recommend is if you're going to use whey, use it right after a workout. It is very beneficial at that point. Uh, Within, you know, half an hour to hour when you're drinking whey isolate or hydrocylate, it incorporates into tissue faster than any other protein. All right, so that is a good use for it. But then you can get beef isolate now that does just about the, the same thing, but has a lot less of the issues with the GI issues. Beef isolate. It's, yeah, so that. beef isolate. So there's, there's, there's products out there like Carnivore, Redcon that are whole food proteins. So they've got beef, they've got salmon, they've got fish, they've got chicken, pea protein, hemp protein. So they're, they're a very broad spectrum. So your protein sources are not coming just from one thing, i.e. milk or just from beef or just from fish. And so I'm a big advocate when you look at the overall health aspect. Um, the whole food protein sources are much better for you. And we've converted most of our patients, most of our friends, most people I train with over from whey to more whole food protein sources. Now I'm a big advocate of getting everything you can out of your diet, right? If you can get all your protein level and all your protein macros and and nutrients in from eating real whole foods, that's better even than supplementing. But most people can't. I don't have time to eat six, seven meals a day at eight, nine ounces of protein to get my protein. So do I go to a shake or do I put a little bit of almond milk in with some protein powder and make myself a little pudding? Yeah, I do that because it's just quick and easy sometimes. But you know, I really try to tell everybody that you know the best way to get your, is from real whole food. Real beef, real salmon, chicken, turkey, you know, shrimp, those types of things. Your body uses that, that protein better than, than the refined proteins that we use. But then the best option for protein is whole food proteins if you're gonna go to a powder. And then after that, getting good fats is the key, you know, having good fats in your diet, fish fats, almonds, walnuts. Again, like I said, avocado oil, uh, krill oil over fish oil is much better. Um, And those are the kind of things you want to make sure you're incorporating into your diet, no matter what, if you're a bodybuilder, you know, if you're just interested in health, you got to hit protein markers. You really need to hit some good fat markers, carbohydrates per your energy level requirements, and then keep the sugars, the soy and the wheat out of your diet as much as possible.
1: The clinic right there. Let me name some quick foods. You tell me yes or no. So almond milk. Unsweetened, yes. Okay. Regular cow's milk.
0: I would bypass. A lot of sugar, a okay. lot of chemicals. Most people have issues with dairy, whether they know it or not. Well, fruit? Uh, it depends on the fruit. It can be really high sugar. Uh, best fruit would be um, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries. Lowest glycemic index. Next step up would probably be some blackberries. Avoid, you know, apples, bananas, and all that. And I get this argument all the time. Well, it's got to be good for you if God made it. I hate to tell you, that <laughs> apple isn't the way God made it, you know, a thousand years ago. Walk out in some orchard that nobody's touched for, a, for, for 15 years and see the apples on the trees. That's the way God made it. Not these big, beautiful, genetically modified apples that are so sugary and so sweet that you want to eat them. That's not the way they were meant to be, right? That's not mm-hmm. the way they were made. And so, you know, apples aren't real good for you. Apple a day keeps the doctor away as BS now. You eat a lot of apples, you're going to have sugar issues, insulin problems. Or, you know, your, your glucose is going to be too high. So fruit is not a, a big thing that I push a lot. And if you like fruit, blueberries, raspberries, strawberries, mm-hmm. occasionally blackberries.
1: What about oatmeal?
0: Not a big fan um, in the fact that most people – well, okay, I'll, I'll back that up. So oatmeal that you – like uh, steel-cut oats – out of the box, nothing else in them, different ball game that are, that are heirloom, oatmeal, gluten-free, absolutely, right? Most oatmeal has got a lot of gluten in it. It's processed, it's over-processed. If it's in a package with sugar and other things in it, it's highly processed, bad for you. Um, and so, oatmeal is one of those ones, if it's something that you, you pour out of this carton and you make yourself, right? It's heirloom genetically the way it was supposed to be a hundred years ago, that's fine. Oatmeal from, you know, whatever out of a box. It's already pre-sweetened that you put in a package and throw in a microwave in 30 seconds, it's ready to eat, avoid it like the plague.
1: Mm. rice? Uh,
0: plain white rice, no. Jasmine rice, basmati rice, yes. Uh, whole grain, like brown rice, no.
1: Okay, why not brown rice?
0: Brown rice has got a lot of chemical mediators in it that actually hinder absorption of other nutrients. Um, and so it can, pro- can promote uh, some inflammatory responses within the joints. So brown rice is not one I recommend, really.
1: Okay. And someone put this direct question. They said, how many um, how many meals a day should I try to eat if I want to burn fat, gain muscle, and like what? Yeah, how many about how many meals and how spread apart should I? Because there's people intermittent fasting is obviously a massive trend. yeah intermittent
0: fasting is huge and I, I like intermittent fasting. I wouldn't recommend doing it every day. Um, intermittent fasting is a powerful weapon. You know. Uh, 16 hours is usually the minimum to you really get good health benefits. Uh, 16 hours is your first mark, 20 hours is your second mark, then you go to about 36 hours. So if you're going to fast, do it for 16 hours or do it for 20 hours. Doing it 18 hours, you're just suffering an extra two hours you don't need to suffer for, right? Uh, You get a little bit of benefit at a 12 hour fast, but not a whole lot. 16 hours is really your first marker where you're getting a lot of good benefits, growth hormone spikes your body's turning on dead and injured cells and starting to to tear those up and eat those up, get those out of the way. Uh, It's it's longevity. It's great. Uh, There's a lot of chemical mediators that kick in, and believe it or not, in starvation like that, growth hormone spikes. Um, So I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting. I just don't – I'm not a big fan of it on a daily basis because then it starts becoming a problem getting your calories in, right? Yeah. And so – I'm, I'm all for intermittent fasting on an on occasional basis, two to three days a week. It works. It's powerful. Um, it helps curb appetite, keeps your fats and some of your, your excess calories out of your diet, hopefully. Um, so you can use that. But typically, you know, if you eat four to five meals a day, and that's going to vary depending, obviously, on your build, your genetics, your metabolism. But four to five meals a day, concentrating on protein, some good fats, and, and, and carbohydrates that are very complex carbohydrates, i.e. sweet potato, which is a lot of fiber. Um, Your jasmine rice, your basmati rice, easily digestible. Um, Don't spike insulin terribly compared to some of the other carbohydrates. Uh, Again, excuse me. So, you know, four to five meals a day, generally, is going to be very good. Uh, For most people, it keeps the metabolism up. It keeps your body from going into, like, a protective mode where you're malnourished. And you can get a lot of your nutrients in that you need to. But hitting the protein markers and the good fats are the big thing. And then um, and then filling in with your, your extra calories that you need with your carbohydrates that are good quality carbohydrates. Complex carbs, like I said, uh, some of the starchy vegetables a little bit, some fruit possibly, but more along the, the, the rice, good oatmeal like we talked about, um, and some of the other types of, of carbohydrates that are out
1: there. Awesome, man. Quizzed you there at the end, interrogated <laughs> you on nutrition stuff. So thanks, you make sure we got some great helpful info for everyone. I love lesson. the nutrition
0: stuff. So there's, you can't give me too many questions on it. So <laughs> good or bad, ask ask away, no
1: problem. That's great. Well, we talked about a lot, um, and I think the the practice that you have is optimizing guys. I think it, uh, like the uh, the overall message of what you're talking about isn't just health it's about becoming a good man a good husband a good father and obviously health is a massive part of that
0: whole equation i mean if you're fatigued you can't do what you need to do to be a good dad right if you're i mean truly true fatigue isn't hey i'm tired true fatigue is i'm having a hard time functioning i can't keep my eyes open if i was driving right now it would be dangerous right Mm -hmm. and we see so much of that especially in that two to three in the afternoon kind of thing guys that aren't sleeping well, guys are just fatigued all the time. They're tired when they get up, they're tired when they go to bed, they're tired midday. I mean, we see that with women as well. I mean, but that's the big thing is really optimize health optimization, right? Functionally optimizing everybody so they can do what they need to do during the day and do it well and feel good about it. That's what we do, whether it be testosterone, whether it be thyroid. I mean, there's people that come in and got issues with with blood that we look at and nutritional issues that we look at that have problems. And so, you know, it's not just testosterone, it's not just thyroid, it's not just estrogen, progesterone. We look at, you know, the big picture of everything.
1: So, if you want people to know one thing about what you can offer them, where they can find you, and anything you want to tell anyone listening, go ahead.
0: Yeah, so, you know, again, what we specialize in is just making you a better you whether that be modifying your hormones you know, to a functional level. And functional levels are quite different than the blow work that you see on, the, on, your, on your reports that say, this is the good range, right? This is normal. Functional levels are outside the scope of normal. They're usually higher than what the normal levels are. For instance, this is what I find ridiculous. Testosterone levels for men that are considered good are like, depending on the lab, somewhere from 238 to 900, right? There is such a big difference in a guy who has a 238 testosterone level and a guy that has a 900 testosterone level. They're not even in the same ballpark, right? But the thing is, though, there's not a bit of evidence out there that shows that 200 200 to 300 level testosterone that you can even begin to function at your best. Your heart's not going to function the best. Your immune immune system's not going to function its best. Your cardiovascular, pulmonary system... Muscular system, nothing's going to function well at that level, right? So our functional levels for, for testosterone for guys are like 750 to 950. And that, that's where all the evidence shows guys operate the best at. And it doesn't matter if you're 24. It doesn't matter if you're 94. That's where guys need to be. There's going to be some slight variance in there because, again, everybody's a little different. But for the most part, 750 to 950 is where every guy should be. And you have doctors that only begin to touch it. You know, We have patients all the time that are coming in, testosterone levels of 300. They feel like crap everything that you look at them goes, this guy's got low testosterone, you rather blow work, they have low, and their doctors won't touch it because it's still within the normal range. As I say in quotes, because that normal range is not going to put them in a healthy range. Same thing like when we look at vitamin D levels, right? On the functional level, vitamin D has got to be from anywhere 65 to 85. And we have doctors all the time telling patients their level of vitamin D at 35 is okay. And it's absolutely not. They're not functioning at their best. Their immune system's not at their best their hormone levels are not going to be at vitamin D. There's not a receptor in your body that doesn't, or a cell in your body that doesn't have a receptor site for vitamin D. Vitamin D is absolutely crucial. And almost 90% of people we come in, that come into our office we see have low vitamin D levels. And you've got doctors telling them it's okay when they're at 30, you know, 45. They're outside, they're within their normal range, but they're not healthy at all. They're just not dying from it yet, basically. And so that's what you know. our, our basis of functional medicine. So we, we look at blood work, we look at your diet, And we we get all of those things changed and modified to the point that you're functioning the absolute best as a person that you can be. And like I said, that's going to vary somewhat from, from person to person, but in generally, you know, the guidelines are pretty much the same on the functional side of it. And we do that for women, but fatigue is what we hear all the time. I'm just tired, right? I don't sleep well. I'm tired. No matter if I eat the perfect diet, I work out, I don't lose weight. Or, you know, I can't, I, I'm, I'm eating, I'm working out right, I can't add muscle. Well, there's a problem there because physiologically that just shouldn't occur. And so that's the kind of thing that we look at. And, you know, we've got, our website is TotalHealthPros.com and we're on Facebook under Ascent Elite Health. And, um, you know, we're really good. What we do is we tell everybody, we, we dive deeper into your health than anybody else else's. We guarantee we, we dive deeper into your health and the metrics that we look at than anybody else, than any medical doctor, maybe another functional medicine provider probably does a pretty good job, you know, doing what we're doing. But around here, by far, we dive way deeper into in people's levels and how they feel, why they're feeling that way, and what's interfering with it, anybody else does. And we get to the root, root cause of the problem, right? Sometimes we can find, you know, people that have low levels of whatever it is, and it's, it's not that they've got a half thyroid, there's something else. I mean, we just had a patient in two weeks ago, had been told her whole life, you have thyroid issues, She didn't respond to medicine. When we looked at it, it was an inflammatory process causing issues with the thyroid not to function correctly. Got her diet squared away. Got a lot of these inflammatory mediators out of of her diet. Ran a food test showing what she was responsible or what she was reacting to in an inflammatory manner. She's off her thyroid medications and her her thyroid's acting perfectly. She feels great. But it wasn't her thyroid that was the problem. It was a cell problem, but it was a cell inflammatory problem mediated by her diet and lack of other things in her diet. And no other doctor looked at that and said, well, maybe this is the problem, right? So we really gear ourselves to looking at the root cause. Now, the problem with testosterone in some of those levels is when those are, those are low, it's re- especially really low, like in the two and 300 range for guys, you're not going to get that up by changing diet and for you know, adding some good fats in. The only way you're going to do that is by exogenously inducing either the production of, of increased testosterone or injecting testosterone, period. And so sometimes that is the only fix, but a lot of times there's other things that we can look at that can be mediators to help bring those levels up, or at least support the levels that we're going for.
1: And you're on social media?
0: Yeah, we're on social media, Instagram. It's um, it's uh, Darren Vance. It's uh, Darren Vanskoy, IFBB Pro on on Instagram, Facebook. Like I said, it's Center Lead Health. I'm on there as Darren Vanskoy in twenty different ways. Doctor Darren Vanskoy, Darren Vanskoy. Uh, My partner, Lori Wendell, has got her own site, but Ascent Elite Health is our Facebook page. We do a lot of work through there, and then our website, they can contact us through there as well, too, so um, again, it's one of those things that it doesn't matter where they live. Uh, We can work with patients on a Zoom level uh, outside the scope of, you know, our our local area, and we're we're doing that on a pretty mass schedule, on a mass scale now, so.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Darren. Um, Everyone can listen to this podcast, and Change their life with many different ways. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, no problem. And if, if you get people with a lot of questions, let me know. We'll hop back on here anytime or, you know, figure out a way to get the answers to them for you for sure.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you.